Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Philip Stutz, author of Fire Them Now, The Seven Lies Digital Marketers Sell. Hey, this is Aubrey Marcus, founder of Onnit and New York Times bestselling author of Own the Day, Own Your Life. And if you want to learn the networking secrets of the ultra successful, if you want some help learning how to build your own connections, grow your inner circle, you should be listening to Build Your Network podcast. Build Your Network with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Travis Chappell. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, we are going over another amazing topic episode, who you know or what you know, part number two. And today, we're bringing on Philip Stutz, Tim Story, and Aubrey Marcus. Philip is an amazing marketer. He has a company called Win Big Media. The cool thing about his story is that he comes from marketing in politics and working on really high-level political campaigns. And he takes a lot of those strategies and implements them into his marketing company, which has skyrocketed in revenue and works with some of the top brands in the world. Um, this is a guy that was interviewed on the Ask Gary V show because of his marketing prowess. And he is an amazing, amazing dude, has a lot of really good things to say about networking. Then there's Tim Story, who's one of the most well-connected people that I've been able to talk to. He is a life coach and actually a pastor of a church in LA uh, called Congregation Church, but he's a life coach to people like Robert Downey Jr. And he's been featured on shows like the Steve Harvey show and Oprah, and he's been to Oprah's house and he's actually pretty good friends with her. And so this guy's one of the most well-connected guys that I know and uh, just in a dynamic leader and really just a shifter of the way that people think 
And I just, I love people like that. I love meeting movers and shakers. And Tim is definitely one of those guys. And then Aubrey Marcus, who's the best selling author of the book, Own the Day, Own Your Life. I'm the host of the Aubrey Marcus show and the owner of and founder of Onnit which is a $40 million supplement company based out in Austin. His story of how he started that company and how he initially built a friendship with Joe Rogan, who now has equity in on it, um, is just an amazing, amazing story. And such a one of the greatest influencers that I listen to that I follow on a daily, weekly basis is Aubrey Marcus. And so I can't wait to share some of the amazing wisdom that, that these gentlemen come on here and talk about. But first, really quickly, if you're someone who loves going to events to connect with people. I'm super excited to announce that my first live event's happening out here in Las Vegas, November 8th through 10th. Yes, it's finally happening. So to find out more info and to grab your tickets, head over to bynlive.com. And if that's not enough, let me give you three huge differentiators that make this event the most unique event that you've ever attended. Number one, it's connection focused, not content focused. So there's no nine hour lecture style content binge or anything like that. There's still going to be speakers and amazing content, but it's mainly focused on connection. Secondly, there's a unique venue. It's not going to be in another stuffy hotel conference room where you forget what time of day it is due to the lack of sunlight that's in there. We rented the whole first floor of top golf right by MGM on the strip and we're buying everybody's lunches and even paying for you guys to play a little bit of golf. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And then lastly, it's an actual VIP experience. So I don't know about you guys. One of my biggest pet peeves is when events don't limit VIP tickets, then they make them way more expensive than a regular ticket. And then all you get is like a notebook, a pen and a better seat. Well, remember how I said this event is the 8th through the 10th? Well, the 8th is going to be just for VIPs only. That's right. So general admission gets access to the 9th and the 10th, but VIP will have their own day, the full day of the 8th, and it's going to be at an undisclosed, different, but equally as awesome location in Vegas. So if you don't get one this year, then you're going to be the first to get a VIP ticket next year because you realize all the amazing things that you missed out on. And these are limited to 30 people. Only 30 people can be VIPs here at the event. So real exclusivity that you're going to get. So make sure you head over to bynlive.com to grab your ticket today before the early bird pricing is gone. And I will see you out here in Vegas really soon. And now here is who or what part number two with Philip Stutz, Tim Story, and Aubrey Marcus. So we've talked a lot about relationships, networking, connecting, just kind of sprinkled into this conversation, just because you can't help but talk about this kind of stuff when we're talking about everything else that we've been talking about. But I do want to ask this one more directed question on the topic, because it's a question I ask every single guest that comes on the show. So Philip, do you believe that who you know, or what you know, is more important? And why? I think it is who you know and the what you know reinforces the who you know. Uh, Tony Robbins has a great quote, proximity is power. And when I went to a seminar of his and I heard that and I realized that, you know, my circle was not very, very formidable and I committed to changing that. And so for years now I have, and it has nothing to do with trying to be transactional. It has everything to do with how do I want to elevate my game? Who do I want to surround myself with? Do I want to surround myself with people that aren't going to help me grow? And I don't mean business-wise, just personally. My backstory is I have a, this, I mentioned earlier, I had this incurable disease. And for five years of this incurable disease, I didn't do anything about it. I literally just stuck my head in the sand. And I didn't just stick my head in the sand with my health. I did it with my marriage. I did it with my fatherhood. I did it with my employees. I was going down a really dark hole and I was a mess. And I'm grateful. Like I went to a Tony seminar and he pulled me out of it. And what I realized was the the disease that I have is the greatest gift I've ever been given. And there's some long-term crappy consequences to 
they're going to come for me. But the point is, is that if you gave me the chance to take back that disease when I was diagnosed six years ago, I would take the disease every time because it really hyper-focused the fact that I had to have better connections in my life, that I had to have better connections with my daughter and my wife first. And I had to break out of horrible patterns, transactional patterns. And I had to be more empathetic and vulnerable and that I had to address my disease and I couldn't just hide from it anymore and just listen to what the doctors told me. And that really is for me, if, sorry, this is a long way of answering the simple question, but that's where it comes from is that I just want to be around people that elevate my life because those people give me juice and energy and I just want to be around those kind of people. Yeah. That's what I always find the answer to come back to is look, what nobody can deny that what you know is important, right? Like it is, you have to be competent, but do I think that you have to be the best? No, I don't because I think that the relationships put you in those opportunities to become better and better at what you do. And it's the relationships that allow you to be in those situations. And like you said, they're what gives you energy. They're what gives you juice. If they're the right relationships, if they're the wrong one, then they drain energy and they take away from you. But that's why you constantly have to be auditing the circle of people that you allow into your life, that you allow to affect your mood on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. So you brought up this disease that you were diagnosed in 2000. 12. You brought that up a couple of times so far. I feel like I would be doing an injustice to everybody else listening if I didn't ask a couple follow-up questions on that. Walk me through that discovery process. I'm sure that couldn't have been an easy period of time. And the number one lesson that you've learned if you haven't already said it. Yeah, I was diagnosed in 2012 with a rare esophageal disease called achalasia. And basically the nerves and the muscles in my esophagus are dead. I've had, uh, it affects about one out of 100,000 people. Typically, those people are in their 70s and 80s. I was diagnosed six years ago at 40, at 38. Uh, I've had 15 minor surgeries and three major surgeries on my esophagus. Basically, my esophagus has been shredded like an upside down pom-pom. That's the best way to describe it. And after the last major surgery where they basically pulled my, they came in through my stomach, pulled my esophagus down, cut 25% of my stomach out wrapped that around my esophagus and then stapled it all together to hold it together. And I went to the doctor about a year after that surgery, this was in 2017-16, and he said, um, you know, you really, we may not have another surgery. If th this wrap that we have will come undone one day. And when it comes undone, you know, we're going to have to remove your esophagus. You're going to be in a feeding tube the rest of your life. And by the way, you're also very susceptible to cancer, esophageal cancers and all that stuff. You know, and by the way, the medication you're taking has long-term dementia effects, but it works in the short run. So take your medicine and wait for the inevitable and we'll see in six months. That's literally what he said. He said, the disease is what it is. Like, you pat back. And I didn't even Google this incurable disease for basically five years or the first four years I had it. Think about that. That's how paralyzed with fear I was living. And so I said, all right, I got to do something about this. Like I'm an entrepreneur. I got to figure this thing out. So within six months, I figured out how to get my diet in order so that I could get off all my medications. And so I have, I don't have to take my medications anymore that will give me dementia. And then I was uh, with Peter Diamandis at the Abundance 360 conference in 2017. And he came on stage and he said, I want everybody to take out their notebook and he goes, write down a moonshot. And a moonshot is something that's impossible that you think you can make possible. And so I wrote in the notebook, I'll find a cure to this disease in five years. 
cure with no disease. And it's a rare disease, so obviously there's no research behind it. So I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> so, you know, this is, this is the ignorant. The ignorance is bliss, especially for an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. I ended up writing an article in Inc. Magazine about the disease and about my moonshot. And, you know, got, I wanted to be held accountable. Well, someone read it. It got passed along. Eventually, a doctor and I connected. And the doctor said, started working with me. Peter Diamandis put a couple doctors around me. I formed a team. And this long story that I'll conclude it right now, which is after a year and a half of working with these doctors, a week and a half ago, I got the news that the FDA and Johns Hopkins have approved the first ever one-man clinical trial where they will extract stem cells out of my calf muscle. They'll grow them for four months, and then they will inject them into my esophagus to try to reconnect the muscles and regenerate the nerves that are dead. Yeah, wow. Never happened, and we'll see what, what happens. Who knows if it works or not, but I'm going for it. And it all started because I was a mess. And part of the reason I wrote the book was because I've been paralyzed with fear. I've seen people take you know, advantage of me or that I didn't take action when I needed to. And that was a defining wake-up moment for me that I just basically said, I'm going to be the disruptor in this disease, not the disrupted. So we'll see what happens. Man, that's such an incredible story. I had one or two other things I want to get into, but I think that's a great way to start getting this thing wrapped up. What's up, everybody? Just want to take a quick second and give a shout out to my favorite new podcasting app, Himalaya. If you are not listening to podcasts on this app, you are definitely missing out. It's like a social media app, but for podcast listeners. Follow your go-to shows, like and comment on your favorite episodes, and download professionally curated playlists made just for you. So head on over to your app store or Google Play store, download Himalaya today, and then thank me later. Tim, this is the Build Your Network podcast. We talk a lot about networking, relationships, connections, how to do it the right way. And you are obviously a master at this, having some relationships with some of the most influential and well-known people in the entire world. So I want to ask you this question. This is what I ask everybody just to kind of get this conversation going. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? So I would say it's what you know will take you to who you know. And it's a biblical background. So the Bible says, do you see a man skilled at his work? He will serve before kings and will not be obscure. Okay, let me break this down. This is so freaking powerful. Now, Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hours to be phenomenal at something, right? You see a man skilled at his work. When somebody takes the time to be skilled at something, let's say if you're a skilled chef, yeah, then you might become Wolfgang Puck. You might become Michael Mina. You might become Todd English. Thank you very much, Gordon Ramsay. These guys were chefs. They could have ended up at Fridays, but they kept working, 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 working. Do you see a man skilled at his work? Now, here's what I always teach people. Build your spot, and life will put the spotlight on your spot. I don't go looking for everybody. I promise you I don't. I became super good at being a comeback coach, and the NFL players looked for me, and then the entertainers looked for me, their managers looked for me, the agents looked for me. Do you see a man skilled at his work? He will serve before kings. In other words, he will be taken to the top. He will not be obscure. To be obscure means to be in the shadows. So build your spot, and life will put the spotlight on your spot. How much do you like that? Yeah, that's fantastic, fantastic. 
This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Another thing, there's a lot of different skill sets that I think that you have. We've talked about a couple of them, but one of them that I think is probably at the top of that list is you're a master at commanding an audience's attention, whether that be online or in person. I think it's even more powerful in person. I've seen you speak a couple of times. What are some practical tips that you can give to help even a beginner that's listening to this be a better speaker and help somebody really captivate a crowd of people that they're in front of? Okay, number one, thank you for the compliment. All right, so here's what I believe it is. When I'm about to speak, I'm not thinking about how I'm going to come across my seven points, how awesome I'm going to be. <laughs> That's like the last thing I'm thinking about. So for every 30-minute speech, I put in about 10 hours of research. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so I am a research freak. So I'm going to give you the secret right now. A revelation brings conviction. When you get a revelation of a subject, it brings conviction that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. So when Richard Branson gets up to talk about building a company, it just pours out of it. When Lee Iacocca, who's more old school to most people that listen, when I get around him in his house, the guy turned around Chrysler. He was Branson before there was Branson. He's a phenom. When he talks about business, the revelation brings conviction. The conviction comes out of your eyes, it comes out of your pores, it comes out of your mouth. So what people are saying when they come out of a lot of my meetings and they're literally crying, like I'm not joking with you. I spoke to 32,000 people 
in Las Vegas a couple months ago, and people were coming out of these auditoriums crying and saying, what the hell did you just do to me? I pushed your doggone buttons and said, don't become a discount version of yourself. And then I broke down what it feels like to be a discount version. And people were literally weeping in their seats because they realized they had become a discount version. Now, I would not have been able to speak it that well had I not lived it, had I not breathed it, and had I not studied it. So revelation leads to conviction. Conviction leads to movement. So my three steps, revelation, conviction, movement. My movement is bam. It's in the presentation. So the presentation, you know, quit watching all these guys on TED Talks and trying to talk like them. I do not study speakers. If I'm studying anybody for their cadence or their timing, I study comedians. Too many speakers sound the same. The seven steps of how I did it. Let me tell you how I did it. Man, you're, you just, you're boring me. You're losing me. I can't grasp it. No. Revelation, conviction, movement, bam. Yeah. And then that level of preparation too, I feel like so much of it stems from that because a lot of people I think treat speaking like they don't want to sound scripted, right? So they don't do as much of the work ahead of time. And I think that's definitely one thing that I've taken from my background in like ministerial college and different things like that. I was, you know, preaching and preaching contests at seventh grade or whatever, you know, and I think that that experience in actually learning how to form a speech and outline and then create and then put in stories. And then some of the best speakers I've ever seen are in that world. They do such a great job at their 100%, preparation. Because it, when, you, when you're taught like you were in ministerial school, you're being taught, is this an exegetical sermon? And you, is this a manuscript sermon? Is this a topical message? So you're taught this certain way to study, to study commentaries, to study Hebrew words, Greek words, to break down words. It was in seminary that I learned to be a wordsmith because I had to take Hebrew and Greek. And I, as I said, I went on and on and on and on in school. And so I am a wordsmith. That, that's where so many guys that you know and I know, they'll come to me and they'll go, oh my gosh, the way you'll break down a word, you just chop that sucker up to where I really get it. I learned that in seminary, but I took it to, a, to another level. But put the time in, because man, whether you're speaking to seven people or 85,000, the fact that you have the opportunity to help transform their life, nothing like it. And because you brought that last thing up, I want to touch on that for a second. And I think that it's crucially, vitally important is that you will not ever be in front of the audience of thousands of people if you don't treat the audience of seven people like it's the audience of thousands of people. 100%. And yesterday I spoke to 11 people. So I purposely still speak to five, to three, a guy that's kind of well-known. I just got phone with him two hours ago. He said, will you come and speak to my higher leaders? I said, how many are going to be there? He said, seven. So I'm not moved by that. I just taught a class, a business class at USC two weeks ago, 60 students. But man, you see all the emails I'm getting, all the direct messages I'm getting on Instagram. I guess it must have motivated some of them. So whether it's 80,000 or seven people, be prepared. It's worth it. Yeah. 
loves so much, man. I did, there's so many different things that are just like racing through my head to bring the conversation to. We got just a few minutes left here. So I kind of want to end on a, a networking note since that's kind of what this show is all about. But before I do that, you have an app that you've been working really, really hard on that I would really love to just kind of talk about for a second, what it, what it kind of does, how does it help people? Why should anybody listening go download it immediately after this interview? Okay, so it's an utmost app. So U-T-M-O-S-T. So it's utmost with Tim's story. And it's kind of cool. It's like taking you through the seven basic areas of your life on a daily basis. So every day I'm talking to you about different things in your life, your physical, your mental, your clarity. I even have meditations on there. A lot of people wake up to my meditations and go to sleep to my meditations. And quite a famous man put it together for me. A guy who is the marketing expert for Nike and Starbucks. So it was his company that put it all together and put up all the money to do it. So it's getting great reviews and a lot of people are getting it. It's only $1.99. You only pay once, $1.99. And you're going to get literally about $15,000 worth of material for $1.99. And I constantly put on new material on there. So utmost with Tim Story on iTunes. It's only now, it's not, we don't have it in Android form yet, just for, for the Apple phone, but it, it's really, really good. And it's working. A lot of people are getting it. Yeah, I love that. And this goes back to the beginning of our conversation. We were talking about mentors and how easy it is to get mentorship from people from YouTube podcasts, from Bradley's Lightspeed VT or from masterclass.com or whatever it is. And this is definitely one of those ways to do that. So if you're listening to this right now and you're vibing with something that Tim has said, which I'm sure you are, then why not just go download the Utmost with Tim Story app on iTunes? It's $1.99. It's cheaper than an ebook. Just go pick it up and watch your life change in front of you. Reach out to Tim. Tell him how awesome it is. Tim, real quickly, before we move into the last segment here, give me, boil it down to one networking tip. You've built great relationships, like I said, with some of the most sought after people on the planet. What is one tip that you could give to people to help them build better relationships? I will tell you right now, build another person's vision. And I am a servant. I come from the same background as you do. And so a biblical way of thinking, whether whatever walk of life you come from, or even the Buddhists think the way, this way, the Muslims think this way, the, the Jewish people think this way, the Christians think this way. When you're a servant, it'll change your life. So when you build another person's vision, it'll change your life. Because what you make happen for someone else, life will make happen for you. So I am a builder of people's visions. So like... I'll go speak at somebody really famous for their staff, and they'll say, Tim, is it okay? We're going to give you this enormous amount of money. And I'll say to them, no, I'm good. And I'm really not even joking with you. And I mean large amounts. I'll say, no, I'm good. And about three of those people that I did that to, I noticed that they kept bringing me back, bringing me back, bringing me back, bringing me back, and then started saying, whether you like it or not, we're either going to wire you this money, send it to you, call your business person, whatever. But because I went in there with the right spirit to build their vision, what I made happen for someone else, life made happen for me. So that's how you build your network. 
go serve, serve someone's vision. Like if you're going to have like a, a, a seminar, become a volunteer, show up, email you, call your people in advance. What can I do to serve? Is there anything I can do? Serve another person's vision. Yeah. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, always comes down to that value add. So, so important. So this, uh, Aubrey, is the Build Your Network podcast. We talk a lot about networking, connections, relationships. Um, you have built some relationships with awesome people, and it seems like there are also awesome relationships. And so uh, I listened to an interview that you did. I think it was with um, Tim Ferriss, where you talked about starting on it and the Alpha Brain product and getting to know Joe Rogan and that whole relationship. Um, so I kind of want to dive into that, but first to kind of get this conversation headed in this direction, this is, the, this is the question that I ask everybody that comes on the show, which is, do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? Who you know or what you know, what is more important? I think probably the most important thing is knowing yourself. Hmm. And if you know yourself, it becomes pretty easy to know other people and develop those relationships. And also it's probably the most important what that you can know. And because to really know yourself is one of the most challenging things mm -hmm. and really understand and be in full awareness of all of those subconscious, unconscious motivations, those greeds that are pulling you one way, those needs for validation that are pulling you another way, all because all of that applies universally. And then I think utilizing all of the tools available to help you figure out who you are and what you are and how you serve, that's probably the most crucial element. And then everything else kind of unfolds from there. So hmm. that's how I would modify that question. Yeah. So follow-up question to that. If, if assuming that you've done the work, the internal work to really know yourself and you have a, a mission and you know your purpose or why, if you were going to choose one thing in 2019, let's say, to spend a lot of time on, building quality relationships or getting much better at your craft, which of those two would you spend more time on? Again, it's uh, the quality relationships come from having quality that you can offer as value and then quality that you can exchange the ability to give and see and like receive in return. Like that is the basis of a relationship. It's an exchange. And that exchange could be, through laughter, through smiles, through compassion, through understanding, through information. So the relationship, because when you actually have that and that's intrinsic, you don't have to like work hard on the relationship. The relationships can flourish and mm. reach a level of depth fast. You know, like I have friends who are very close friends and very important contacts mm. and we can go a long time without seeing each other. But within the first few minutes of seeing each other again or reigniting a call, we're already into the deep waters. Mm. You know, we're already like we see each other deeply. We know what each other stand for. We've been through deep conversations and in some cases, challenging rituals or hard workouts or through the difficult and the celebratory times of life. So it becomes easier to maintain and hold those relationships without having to invest a bunch of time. So really, again, it's if you're in the right state to be able to give and receive with that person, then it's not about making that a focus. That's just going to happen naturally. You're going to attract people who are 
ready to engage with that type of relationship, that's going to be of mutual benefit and reciprocity. Hmm. So with this particular story that I mentioned earlier, how, how did that relationship come about? Like, would it, would it be ridiculous to say that a lot of, a lot of the success that on it has seen has been through you being open-minded to like building a real relationship with somebody who had influence to be able to market the product? Or would you say that like the, the quality of the product really did it by itself? And then you like really brought those relationships in afterwards. In this case, my relationship with Joe Rogan was a friendship. And this was a two-year friendship that didn't have a particular purpose. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of co-created and dreamed into this idea of creating Alpha Brain together. And no doubt, you know, he was the single most influential factor in the success of Alpha Brain. But could it have could it have worked if the product wasn't awesome and it wouldn't stand up to the clinical testing rigor that it subsequently went through with the Boston Center for Memory, like two double blind clinical tests. The product had to be that good. Yeah. So I had to know the information. I had to re- lean on the research, lean on the resources and test it and prove it against placebo. So the product had to be good, but shit. I mean, how many people would have heard about it if it wasn't for Joe at the start and mm-hmm. how many other influencers who have been attracted, you know, he was that catalyst. He was that initial wave of momentum you know, Alpha Brain was the surfboard that allowed it to go. Otherwise, I would have just been chundered and smashed on the coral somewhere. And not only would that relationship probably have struggled and soured if I said, hey, I can do this and I couldn't do that, then yeah, maybe we still would have been like casual friends and whatever, see him in a comedy show. But that actually strengthened it uh, because we were able to combine that relationship with something that was really of quality. Yeah, did you... um... When you when you first started getting to know him, was like how, how did you even come across that like path or opportunity? To find a lot of people, good people, just don't find themselves in opportunities often. Um, meaning, like they're maybe not in the right vehicle, or they they just don't get those things thrown in front of them, and they just struggle with figuring out how to how to put themselves in those types of opportunities. How have you found throughout your career you been able to put yourself in those? Opportunities. Well, I've done enough of my own work and research and learning and the knowing of myself that I present an interesting individual for someone to connect with. Mm-hmm. Like I have something to offer. And it doesn't matter if I'm sitting across the table here from Tim Kennedy and he's talking about the crazy, challenging things. And he's one of the top special forces, UFC, MMA, number four in the world, middleweight, like one of the most incredible human beings in that expression that I've ever known and put himself through as much physical hardship and as much stressful, as many stressful situations as any human being. But I can sit across from him and say, this is what happened in this, you know, sweat lodge ritual. This is what happened in this ayahuasca ritual. This is what happened in this particular training circumstance or this challenge. And we can, even though we come from wildly disparate backgrounds, we can look at each other and acknowledge the learning and the understanding that we've gained from our own particular path hmm. and look at each other and say, Hey brother, I see you. And it's, it's that thing that I think was able to create the friendship with, with Joe. It was like, I had been on a vision quest since I was, I was at that point, like 30, 31, somewhere around there, 30, I think, and maybe even 29, but I'd been on a vision. I went on a vision quest when I was 18 and I'd been on this personal deep, challenging, introspective journey of experiential spirituality and psychedelics and understanding and philosophy. And I was a philosophy major in school. And 
and on that path rigorously for so long that when we met for a 30 minute coffee, it turned into a four hour dinner, mm-hmm. right? Because there was enough to exchange. Yeah. So I think, again, it, it kind of goes back to that same thing. These opportunities may be there and you have to like actively create them. Like I had to actively create the circumstances that would give me a chance to sit with coffee with Joe because I went to his comedy shows mm. and we'd like say what's up after the show. But in that context, in that relationship, nothing I'm going to say when he has me as fan, Hey, here's fan. I got 300 of them. Right. You know, there's no, there's there really isn't an opportunity. Mm. And like when someone like runs into me and is like, Hey, I got this new CBD thing. Check it out. I'm like, yeah, cool. See you later. You know, but like, <laughs> yeah. that's not a, really an opportunity, right? Like really an opportunity is developing a degree of mastery in something in, in mastery in yourself and offering that relationship. And then from there, seeing what other things will develop. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because that's kind of one of the directions I was looking at taking this conversation. Um, I talk a lot about networking and connections, relationships, and all that kind of stuff. And something that a lot of people say around this topic is be interested, not interesting, right? Like get to know the other person. But what I've found over doing 200 plus interviews on the show now is that a lot of the people who it seems that networking comes naturally to are interesting people, like what you were just saying, right? So you were interested, but you were also very interesting. There's a lot of things that you had to talk about that would just like pique somebody's interest or capture somebody's attention, just like saying the stuff that you just said isn't just normal conversation, you know, vision quests and experiential ayahuasca journey. Like that's not part of normal conversation. It, it kind of is now, but in, back in, in 2000, it, well, yeah, back in exactly. 2010, it wasn't. And know? kind of is in your world too, right? right? Like right. me coming from, so quick context here too, and especially for people listening as well. Um, I come from like a really religious background. So grew up um, in a Baptist church, we were church three days a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday dancing? night. Dancing? Oh, no, dancing. We oh, get not that kind of Baptist dancing. church. Yeah, yeah, no, we get demerits. No, literally, we get like 15 demerits, I think, for dancing. Demerits. Yeah, so uh, in high school and college. Uh-huh. Um, so very ultra-religious. So like all of this stuff was totally brand new to me. Like I sure. graduated college on the same campus that I graduated kindergarten from. Oh, wow. So from the time I was three years old as like just going to church. I started going to the school on the same campus, then the college on the same campus. So my entire world was in this bubble from the time that I was three till probably three, four years ago, to the time I was about 22, 23. And so me coming into this, like my first exposure to any of this kind of talk about any of the stuff that you were just talking about was actually you. I think it was actually just listening to an interview that you did on Tim Ferriss's show um, and I found the networking part really interesting. And then I started following your stuff and everything else was really interesting. And then I came out to your mastermind that you threw probably two, three months ago now mm-hmm. um, and uh, kind of jumped into that full force. <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, it's been very, very interesting to me to kind of to kind of start into this. But I say that just and to I say- And I gave that, you no demerits for the ecstatic dancing. <laughs> yeah, no demerits. Yeah, the ecstatic dancing was an experience. Yeah. yeah it, it honestly was, was, it was difficult for me because I come from a background of no dancing or you get right. demerits. So I have like no rhythm, right? So like, I don't I know how to dance do. at all. I you bet know? you do. It's <laughs> uh, in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. Trying to, trying to make its way out, I guess. I don't know. But so it was an experience. But uh, I, I say that just to say that you know, in, in your world, it might seem normal now to talk about that kind of stuff, but I appreciate you and the work that you're doing because for people like me, it was not normal at all. And prior to six months ago, I had no idea what ayahuasca even was, you know? 
Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. As most of you know, I talk a lot about giving value to others. And this podcast is one of the ways that I try to do that since all of the content from the show is totally free. So when people ask me how they can add value to me, one of the ways that I tell them is to head over to iTunes, hit the subscribe button and leave a rating and review. This not only gives me feedback on what you think about the show, but it also helps me with Apple's algorithm. So please, if you haven't done that, head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the show. It adds tremendous value and it only takes a minute or two of your time. And if you want some more free content from me, head over to three, that's three spelled out, three networkingsecrets.com to watch my free masterclass on the three best kept secrets to building the network of your dreams. I promise that you will not regret it. Have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.